Welcome to Magic Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves, despite whatever euphemisms you may have, the secret lair is no place for dongs. I'm your host, Moderator Dave, and with me is Ben. Hey, everybody. And also, Other Dave. Hashtag bring back the dong. Hashtag hang dong. Hashtag dong for life. So y'all, y'all on the the pro dong crowd. Are- I think art is yeah. art, and I, I understand why they're marketing a game for you know thirteen and up. Why they maybe don't want that on there, but art is art, right? I was less disturbed by the dong and more disturbed by being skewered up the <laughs> rectum. That was the thing that got me. Maybe that's why they pulled the hold all and not just uh, changing the uh, the it, dong on it. Didn't that happen to one of you once? In a bush, jumping off of a trailer. Yeah, on a skateboard. Yeah, it might have been me. Yeah, I don't remember that. My so. my uh, deep seated sure. psychological trauma it makes me forget things. I'm pretty sure it was on videotape somewhere. Yeah, one of those like old eight millimeter, uh, not eight yeah. millimeter, but they were like the the little tapes yeah, that the go inside tapes. the big V. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mini DVs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. A loss to the annals of time. Yep. You'll oh right. That. So. Um, what else? Have- um, yeah. So I opened a card slash hobby store. Uh, that's what I've been doing. Kind of been a little absent on the, um, streams and stuff. Uh, it's been a long slog, but yep, we're officially open and, uh, holding our first event for the release of Frexia will be one. So that's been an exciting journey so far. Yay. Well, congratulations, dude. Uh, yeah, right. you can finally talk about it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited. We're doing uh, Magic and and uh, Pokemon and uh, Warhammer. We also sell Gundam models, but uh, you don't play Gundams; you just set them. It's very important. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're What's, getting a good crowd coming in. So are that's you great. not supposed to play with Gundam models? Have I been oh, doing this wrong? Yes, I think I think you've been doing it wrong. Oh no. Uh, how long before this podcast has been taken over by, by Warhammer? Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I might just start a new Warhammer podcast. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's so kind of guys- cool, to be honest. <laughs> Very cool. What's the king of Dave's, the superior Dave, been up to? I've been up to a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Uh, Not been doing mm-hmm. much? Just uh, sitting on no. your throne? Eating That's great? exactly right. I have been uh, preparing for all is one. By not playing Magic so that I'm not burnt out when it comes out today. Nice. But then I worked all day, so I haven't had time to actually check it out. That's fair. Um, I've just which been is, doing... Which is why I suggest we end the podcast right now, <laughs> and we just go play Magic. Oh, you're just not you're not on Arena playing while we do this podcast, like in the background? I am not good at multitasking. That would be, be a dire mistake on my part. Be unfair to our listeners. We require no, full be, attention. It would probably be unfair to the people I was playing magic against, but time and out. Just be doing a lot of exactly. seating. Roping. Yeah. Yeah. All the roping. Man, so I've just been playing magic, been doing some streams. Played a match. Saw uh my very first Teferi Tuck win condition. It's really annoying. Makes me upset. Oh, so annoying. You really it's, just saw that for the first time? For, for the first time, yes. It's crazy, right? Explain the pe- Teferi Tuck for people who don't know. It's the absolute it's the worst. worst. You 
Castafari and then uh, the hero Dominaria, and then you negative three target him, and he puts him, you know, three from the top, but it's the only card in your library, so you keep drawing him, so you never deck yourself. Oh. Uh, it, yeah, so basically, what you have to first cast a fairy, and you have to alt him, and then well, they exile your board, so you can't do anything. Yeah, you know? well, and then they just puck to fairy over and over and over again, and they wait until you deck out. Yeah, oh. well, I, the guy was never uh, my opponent was never able to ultimate to fairy because I was pretty good. Oh. I I'd removed like four to fairies from the board up until this point, <laughs> and then they uh, they cast the last one and. I'm a little annoyed because, like, he's tucking Teferi and I'm trying to win, and I misplayed, and I could have won the game had I not misplayed, but I played a uh, the green Hydra land that you can pump and turn into a creature. Uh-huh. So played that, uh, pitched all my uh, mana into it, used my uh, Kiora because I was on the mono green devotion deck mm-hmm. to untap it so I could tack, and then... Um, run it in and then he filled a ru- the opponent filled a ruin in it so killed my land uh, but that's when I realized that I'd had a I had tapped a creature to uh, crew Sky Sovereign ship console ship mm-hmm. to do some more damage when I could have used had I not tapped out I could have cast another Kiora and then untap that dude and then won. Mm. Uh, so I was like, oh, yep. Like that was probably more frustrating than watching this dude talk to fairy for like the last six turns. So it's, it is, to me, it's the most annoying deck because it's just, there's no interaction. You're just mm-hmm. watching them talk to fairy while you run out of cards. Yeah, it's rough. It was rough. Like any so, deck that's win con is just you running out of cards. Yeah, and not even in a quick way. Like, yeah, it doesn't mill you or anything. It just, it just sits there and watches you draw your card each turn until you don't have a card to draw. I mean, it's that's a bit pretty much. annoying. Yeah, so yeah, that's just what. Yeah, playing some games as a notable moment from the the time between the podcast. So yeah, hmm. like I'm I'm okay with Tuck to Fairy win as a backup plan. Like, yeah, you know, your whatever your win con is gets removed somehow or something. Yeah, but like using that as your win con is disgusting and shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, I didn't see anything else that would have won the game played by them, so I'm suspecting that that was probably their. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, moving on with uh, the release of All Will Be One, we had some additions to some cycles. Some of them have been in the works for a while. Almost complete. We've got the uh, Sword of. Forge and what was it? Help me out, guys. The new sword. What's it called? Forge uh, and Frontier. Forge and yeah. Frontier. Yeah. It's got the Forge, uh, Sword of Forge and Frontier. And we also completed the newest round of Praetors with the release of uh, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. So we thought we'd uh, do some tier lists and uh, rank them. And yeah. we are starting with the. This is the point where Ben chimes in and tells us which oh, ones yeah. we're going to next. <laughs> I, I think we decided to start with the Praetors, right? Is that right? I thought it was the Swords, but whatever. I'm what pretty sure it was the Swords as well. All right, we'll start with the Swords. Let's no do the problem. Swords. Yeah. I had the other one pulled up, but that's that's fine. All right, so <laughs> we're going to go in chronological release order when we talk when we when we do this. 
I feel like it was just as a natural way to start. So the first sword up here is uh, was released in Dark Steel. It is Sword of Light and Shadow. It is cost three. They all cost three. So you know yep. that's the thing. They're Sword of Ands uh, artifact equipment. Equipped creature creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from white and black. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you gain three life and you may return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand and it's equip as two. We should probably go over the thing that all the swords have in common, not just the three cost. But yeah. it's, it's always three cost, it's always equip two, it's always plus two, plus two, and it's always protection from two colors. Yep. Yep. So this one is the white-black protection. In the future, to uh, sum it down... So we don't have to read the whole thing. We're going to just say the protection and what it does when it does combat damage. Okay. Yep. Sounds so good. So how does this one stank, stack up in our tier? What are we thinking? I know that white and black is uh, really good for removal. Well, so it right prevents now it's in first place. Um, <laughs> because we have not gone over any other swords. Yeah, well, we're putting it in the tiers. So oh, S, A, B, C, D. Yeah, okay. You forgot how... Realize. Careless work from the last time we did this. Yeah, no, I, thought, I thought we were like ranking them one through ten. Hey. I think we were tier listing them. So I hey, was, I, I'm cool this. ranking them one through ten, but we well, got to put it gotta, on the tier. We we got to do something. the gimmick. People have terrorists. Okay, so uh, I, I for now I think we put it in the S tier. Okay, rationale: uh, white and black are the two most important protection colors, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, and both effects are relevant. Gaining life uh, helps you out, but it's not focused on gaining life and getting your creature card back from your graveyard gives you some recursion, which keeps you in the game. Yep. It's relevant in just about everything. Okay. I agree. Not a lot of, uh, not to fight, not a lot to fight over in this one. I think it's uh, on damage triggers. So we're going to put it in an S tier for now. These, these are uh, subject to change. We'll see how it goes as we go through the list. Yeah, I changed my mind already. Put it in the, the D tier. <laughs> All right, the next one. Because you didn't get the original artwork. Uh, yeah, hey, sorry. Man, look, that's just what popped up. For I, it's not my fault the original artwork's better. Hey, yeah, I mean, uh, it is. And it, it shows like a more um, contrast between light and dark, I think, the original. Same for Sword and Fire Eyes. The original art's better. Because it's this is from Double Masters. Um, this one has protection from red and from blue. Same thing. It has plus two, plus two. And whenever equipped combat or equipped creature deals combat, it has some things. So these things are it deals two damage to any target, and you draw a card. I, I, this is the best sword, right? It's still the best sword. It's always going to be the best sword. <laughs> I don't People see love drawing cards and doing direct damage. It's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. Draw cards, direct. It. It's the most relevant to me in terms of what you get when you deal damage. And blue and red are also extremely viable protection targets. Yep. And you're always going to be able to do two damage to something, and you can always use an extra card. Whereas, like light and shadow, you might not have a creature in the graveyard. So, and that three life might not be relevant at that time because you might be at twenty and they're at ten, and you know they don't have a way to really hit you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. no, it's definitely better than Light and Shadow. That's not even a debate, not even a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're is, putting this... What? Why is Light and Shadow S-tier then, man? All right, put because it in the A-tier. You're allowed to have two S-tiers. 
Again, know, we can revisit but, that. Mm. Nah, he's he's right. It's so much worse than than fire and ice. It's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Put in the All right, we'll put it there for now. We'll see you what happens. Put light and put light and shadow in the S tier for some drama starting out. Is that what we did? Sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. Next sword. You should you should erase the whole thing and make a thumbnail of us putting whatever we decide the worst sword is in the S tier. You you mean to tell me that S doesn't stand for suck? Yeah. Been doing this wrong my entire life. <laughs> All right. This sword's originally from Scars of Mirrodin. It's sword of body and mind. Its protection colors are green and blue. And whenever it deals the damage to a player, combat damage, you create a 2-2 green wolf creature token, and that player mills 10 cards. I don't like it. I don't either. It's so uh, situational. Start with green is the least important protection color. Yeah. Right. And then blue is probably the second. Like, yeah, you're going to prevent it from being bounced or Mm -hmm. whatever. But at the end of the day... Neither one of these colors are, are removing your creature. Chances are. Oh no! The, this is a this is a great addition to my wolf pack commander deck. Your mm-hmm. wolf pack Papa. mill deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in commander milling. <laughs> Still um, a viable strategy. Then, in fact, I don't care what anybody's saying. Poison counters. Yeah, right. it's it feels like it, like light and shadow. Both effects are not light and shadow. Fire and ice, both effects are always relevant. Light and shadow, the gaining life is almost always going to be relevant. Like maybe in some situations it's going to be a win more type thing, but it's almost always going to be relevant to gain life. Yeah. And yeah, maybe you don't have a creature in your graveyard, but uh, like the 2-2 wolf is nice, but it's kind of a weak body for what you're spending to even get sword of body and mind out onto the field and active. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then milling ten cards—it's just so situational. Like you have to, you have to be playing a mill deck for that to be relevant. Yep, agreed. Yeah, and yeah, the, there might be some edge case where it's like my design is to pull uh, creatures or whatever out of no. their graveyard, but like it's so situational. It's not. I, yeah. I think this is the worst sword, possibly the worst sword. There's S-tier. one other ones on here. Uh, <laughs> S tier for suck. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say D. What do you guys think? I will not fight you for that. You can- All right. D tier, sort of body and mind. tier. All right. The next one, also from Scars of Mirrodin, right? Or no, it came out in Mirrodin Besieged. It's Sword of Feast and Famine. Uh, if we were ranking names, Feast and Famine is probably the coolest uh, sword name. Not going to lie. But yeah. we're not. We're, I, we're ranking swords. So on the first, the first half of the swords, their names were like really good, and then they had to start stretching them. I think, hmm. like, hmm, we're making a stretch here, especially Forge and Frontier. No, um, anyway. no, it, it's Hearth and Home, man. That one sounds like a uh, a convention for home design. It's bad. Yeah. All right. So Sword and Feast and Famine's protection colors are from black and from green. And when it deals combat damage, uh, that player discards a card, and you untap all lands you control. I think this is a solid card. Yeah, yeah, it's not, like the untap all lands you control is huge. That's yeah, the, the big effect on this one is you know black protection is good, green protection is meh. But like basically being able to use all your lands twice in a turn is pretty huge. Yep, and the discard a card is whatever. They may not have a hand. It may be relevant. It might be super relevant, though. 
you know, in the right matchup, it's going to be devastating. I think that this card, uh, this sword probably gets to A tier on untap all lands alone. That's my I, hot I take. I, I think I agree with that. I think it's okay. got light edge on light and shadow just because of how powerful that untap all lands you control it. Okay, I am not going to argue that. So let's say A tier it goes for Sword of Feast and Famine. Our next one, Sword of War and Peace. It was in New Phyrexia. They had a three cycle, one for each of uh, sets. They had put one in there. Protection colors are from red and white, and when it deals combat damage to a player, sword and peace deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand. I hate it. Mm, This is super situational. I hate it almost as much as I hate body and mind. Yeah, so it incentivizes you to not play your cards, (laughs) Um, which is a weird thing. Uh, And then it also... it's not like that hasn't happened before in Magic, you know, with Morrow and, and other cards, but... Right. I, I think that, so, it's protections from red and white, which in a blue control deck might not have that hard of a problem with those because they're just controlling the board anyway. I, I, I think that the colors are wonky. Um, the abilities, like, it wants you to put it in a blue deck or whatever, but I, I don't know. If you're playing a red aggro deck, this this game, this sword doesn't do anything for the damage section because they're just going to empty their hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's half like, of the yeah. sword's abilities are dependent on your opponent's hands. The mm-hmm. half that's dependent on your hand is not that great. The, right. the only redeeming quality to the sword is that red and white are, are super viable protection colors. Right. It's not probably maybe the best. Well, red and black would be really good too, but yeah. Right. So, what tier do we think? I, I mm. think it gets in the C tier just because of its protections. Yeah. But like, its effects are so bad. Yeah, it's it's uh, bad bad effects. <laughs> bad effects. Okay. I mean, it does punish control, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And it, like, if you're playing against control, but you but can't the colors rely are not blue that. and red, or you know the the colors are not right. blue. So it's like, uh, or black, because well, black I mean, is good at control, too. Most control nowadays has white in it, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, most you're right. Because right. you need board wipes. Yeah. So And exiling, yeah. Yeah, and this gives you protection from path and swords. XYZ. March of otherworldly light, all that mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, C tier, Sword of War and Peace. Yep. Sorry about that, buddy. I'm not. Hey, at least you're not as bad as uh, mind and body. Yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. That's right. how I judge my life, too. I'm like, well, you know, at least I'm not as bad at magic as Ben. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Um, okay, so next one, Sword and Truth and Justice. The next two are from Modern Horizons 1. Um, is protection colors are white and blue. And when it deals combat damage to a player, put a 1-1 counter on a creature you control, then proliferate. Thoughts? Uh, I do like to proliferate. Yeah? In a white and green uh, token deck, this could be good. This could be quite good. So, uh, I don't know. why is this good in a token deck? Well, because you're putting 1-1 counters. I I said token, I really meant like, you know, what Celestia likes to do. Yeah. Uh, I well, like the likes to make tokens. I don't know what he, what? Well, I didn't put one one counters on things. That's really um, what I was referring to. 
I said token, but the two on combat damage abilities are super synergistic. Yeah, uh, so I like that a lot. The combat abilities are synergistic. That's nice. The protection colors are somewhat relevant. I wish the protection colors played better with the ability. I think it is my big knock on the sword at the end of the day is that the white blue protection is most relevant against control and control is just going to board wipe. So the counters don't really mean anything. Right. Mm, that is true. That said, the synergistic ability, completely viable protection blue and, and great protection from white. I, I think it's a solid B tier card. Yeah. That's I was going to say B also. Yeah. All right, we'll throw it up in the B category. Definitely better than War and Peace. Yeah. All right, next one. Sword of Sinew and Steel. I mean, this one is S tier just because of the name. Yeah. Right? Like, you just hear the name and you're like, yeah, that's an S tier card. Sinew and Steel. (laughs) Yeah. Protection from black and red. When it deals combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target planeswalker and up to one target artifact. I really wish it was Planeswalker or Creature, but that would be overpowered. Yeah. Unfortunately, nice. very, very situational. Very, very yeah. situational. So, if, you've got a, if your opponent's got a Planeswalker, you've got a problem. So having a equipment that is like repeatable Planeswalker yeah. removal isn't bad. Well, and it's good because you can still attack face and still kill the Planeswalker, right? Yeah. But again, yes. <laughs> it's kind of... Um, its protections, though, are great. Black mm-hmm. red protections are S tier protections, at least. The effects are very situational. So um, I'm lawful in between B and A. What do you guys think? I'm between B and C just because the, the benefits are just so bad. I mean, they're good when they, when they hit, but so the situational aspect of it is just. You don't think black and red protection gives it a boost? Oh. Oh, that does. It does. You're right. But all the way to A, though? Mm. I mean, more and more Planeswalkers getting to be more standard, but... Uh, so how most, many decks do you, do you see nowadays that don't have at least a Planeswalker in it? Right. Most decks have a Planeswalker, but once you kill that Planeswalker, it's like, what else is this doing for me? The four other copies of that. The three other copies of that. Yeah, if they draw them, you know, it's like, ah, I don't know. Sword of Snoo and Steel can destroy itself. How many of the other ones can say that? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So uh, the question we have to ask ourselves, is it better than Feast and Famine or Light uh, light and Dark, Dark and Light, whatever it is? I do not think it is better than those two. Okay. So on par, though. Because mm, no. that's oh, then it's B. It's got to be B then. Because if it's yeah, not on B. par with those, it's got to be B. I'm going to say B tier. I, w- I, I don't know. I wish... Ben's talking C tier. Do you agree with him on C tier? I don't. I I don't think it's quite C tier. I I mean, I would say it, I would give it the B just because black and red. I think the planeswalker and artifact destruction is more relevant than Ben's giving it credit for. That's just me, though. I think it's relevant, but once you've once you've destroyed the thing, then next time you don't get any benefit of, except it's a plus two plus two pro red pro black. It's an on the board threat, man. They're not going to be putting down planeswalkers for fear they're you're going to kill them. I think it's relevant, man. I think it's. I mean, more you can build a hell of a deck for. around it in the right meta, but 
the part that it's in the right meta is the part that I think keeps it at B. Well, we were we were we were trying B or C. We, we already yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's as bad as C just because of pro, pro black and red. Yep. I love I love how you were the only one who brought up C, and now you are convinced it is not a C card. <laughs> Well, you I, were the one like, oh, I'm going between B and C, and we're like, really C, what? and now you're like, oh, it's definitely not a C card. See, that's where the this the uh, <laughs> psychological warfare comes in. You said <laughs> A or B, so I downplayed it by saying B or C to keep it in B. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a zero percent chance you thought that far ahead. But it's a nice try. The thing that (laughs) cracks me up is that after we decided it wasn't in C, you kept arguing against A for some reason. (laughs) I was I was not letting it go to A. All right, so sort of Hearth and Home. It's from Modern Horizons Two. Colors are green and white. When it deals damage to a player, exile up to one creature you own. Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both those cards onto the battlefield under your control. Then shuffle. I find this one intriguing that it was in Modern Horizons too, because mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, these modern decks only have like two basic lands in them. They need a way to search them up." Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So the <laughs> the blinking the creature part is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But the the basic land is not so good in anything that it's playable in. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's not it's a Modern Horizons card, so it's not legal in like Pioneer. So it's like, I don't maybe Commander would be good in. This might be just a Commander card. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's probably. Um, So green and white protection. Again, I don't like green protection. White is good. Um, The thing that I don't like about the effect is it's kind of like you have to build around that effect, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have to build around the fact that you have cards that have ETBs. Yeah. Otherwise, this card is useless. Agreed. Um, and so you can't, like, some a lot of these other swords can just fit into a deck. You can just be like, you know what? I need pro black and pro red. Throw some new and steel in there. You know what? Drawing card and dealing damage sounds great. Put fire and ice in there. Yeah. But really, is there any deck that fire and ice doesn't fit in other yeah. than, like, non-creature decks? This deck, it's like you have to, you have to have said, okay, I need ETB effects. Like I, you have to build around it. Mm-hmm. I don't like cards I have to build around. Is this card worse than um, the other one, the one with the wolf mm. body in mind? No. I don't know. I think no. it's probably C tier. I don't think that it's, it's not a- worse than mm. body in mind. Just because body and mind. Even if you build build around body and mind, it's still not very good. Well, yeah, because most high-powered mill cards are like half your library or fourteen cards or whatever. You know, it's it's even glimpse can do this for two mana. So yeah, not three mana and two to equip it, and then hope my creature deals damage. Um, Right. Okay. So C tier. Yeah, because I mean, you wouldn't put this in a deck. You don't have any basic lands, so. You're right. going to at least ramp, right? So, Yep. Yeah, I think C tier is the right answer. Okay. Yep, I, I agree. All right, so now the newest one. From Frexia, all will be one. Sword of Forge and Frontier. From red and from green, protection. When it deals combat damage to a player, exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn, and you may play an additional land this turn. 
I love this one. I like this one a lot. I love Exiling Cards to Play. What's that called? It has a name. I don't know. know. The light up the stage effect. Yeah, no. Impulsive draw? Is that what it's called? Sure. That makes sense because you you have to use it, right? Yeah. I love that effect. It's like one of my favorite effects in red. Yeah. Because who doesn't like drawing cards? Love it. I I love extra land. the The one drawback to that in this one is that it is this turn. Most of those effects say until your next turn. Yeah. Yeah. But what is beneficial, you've already used, like most times when you use a card, it's like, hey, I'm using mana to play the card to do the effect, and then I have reduced mana to play the cards I get. Um, yeah. And this one, you don't have to use the mana, you just have to hit. Yep. So, I mean, it's kind of like a. Yep. Just cast all your spells in second main phase. and Right. Right. But the spell also usually give you until the next turn. Yeah. Like light up the stage right. gives you until the next turn. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. I'm, I, I'm acknowledging the drawback. I'm just yeah. saying that. But I, I mean, still, this is exactly what these colors need. Exactly. At least if you were playing red and green, like you need to get deeper into your deck. You need to play additional lands. Mm-hmm. Or even uh, if you're not playing red and green and you just want to have a way to draw cards, that works too. Like uh, black, if you don't want to pay life or whatever to draw cards. You can throw this I feel like it could fit into black, but I really feel like that effect is going to shine in red. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Your real quick, cheap cards that you can play instantly, yeah. This card could almost maybe even bring back, like, mono-red big creatures. Remember mm. that was a thing? Yep. Mono-red dragons. This could bring mono-red ramp out there. Yeah. Yeah, it could. And and you know in standard where this is releasing into is going to be, it needs that, right? Um, oh, oh, big that's something red. That's missing. Yeah, old oh, big red is missing. Even aggro red is kind of not the greatest right now. So anything that helps that in standard would be a blessing. Although that actually is a knock against this card because there's not anything to be pro-red against in the meta. That's true. That's true. Uh, the other thing, though, the additional land this turn, like, that that's kind of sneaky because initially you think, like, oh, well, late game, you're probably not going to have land in your hand to play, so well, maybe you won't hit on that. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. If you pull two lands off your exile, then you just play both of them. Well, it's great. Right, yeah. So, it's like I said, it's kind of sneaky. When you think about it a little bit harder, you're like, yeah, actually, it's better than it initially looks. So where are we putting this baby? Uh, is it B? I really like to draw. I kind of want to put uh, it in B. I want to put it in A. You want to put it in A? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have seen a. that coming coming from you. I could be talked into A. Green is a weird color, not so great color, but it does just straight up block green creatures with no, like yeah. the big green, you know? Yeah. Um, I think both of those effects are really good. They really are. Um, like both of those effects are definitely better than the swords we have in the B tier right now, hands down. Okay, I'll go A. I was trying to downplay. I didn't want to look like a nerd, but uh, I, I'm with uh, other Dave on this one. Definitely. We'll see a. how we'll see how A A looks. Um, I haven't had a chance to play with this card, so I'm not sure, but. In theory, no one, no one has had a chance to <laughs> right. play with this card. That's the point. Unless you pulled it in a pre-release, um, 
But yeah, that's only in limited. Yeah. So, so when it, I'm sure it's a bomb in limited, it probably yeah. is. All right. Last but not least, oh, everyone's favorite sword. Here it comes. From unhinged, unstapled, unstable. Uh, it was an originally printed as a Hasbro promotional card for one of the uh, San Diego Comic Cons, I believe. Oh. And now it was reprinted in unstable. Yeah. Okay. So, boom. So, Sword of Dungeons and Dragons. It has protection from rogues and from clerics. Whenever a yeah. quick creature deals combat damage to a player, create a 4-4 gold dragon creature with flying and roll a d20. If you roll a 20, you repeat this pro- process. Where is this just, at? Just as a rules question here, if you roll a 20, do you roll the dice again? Yeah, you create the 4-4 four, four, and then roll again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you create the, if you roll a 20 on the thing, then you create it. Yeah. Okay. You create another 4-4 four, four, and then you roll again. And then yes. you roll again. Yeah. What Ben said, but I didn't understand what he was getting at. Yes. So you have a 1 in 20 chance of uh, getting two four fours. Awful. Okay, look. <laughs> Get a four four wagon. Eh. Four wagon for baby. Four. <laughs> get a four four. Dra- <laughs> baby wagon. You get a four four. Get a four four dragon, and uh-huh. it triggers. Uh, oh, space- we'll, we'll baby will roll some dice. Space family. Get a four four wagon. It triggers Space Family Goblinson's uh, roll dice effect. So you get counters on your goblin. Get a 4 4 wagon, potentially triggering the goblin twice. I dig it. Oh, uh-huh. Definitely so, S tier. Not okay. F tier. So D tier, okay. D- You've made D-tier. the argument for D tier. <laughs> I mean, like making a dragon is nice. Like the effect is good. So maybe it's not D tier, but also protection from rogues and clerics is bullshit. It's, a, it's garbage protection compared to the other swords. Look, man, yeah. it's a really great for uh, Zendikar uh, block. Does the will baby want to lick the card? <laughs> I don't know. It's dripping no. with some kind of black substance. I think it's supposed to be red. It's just... Will baby's already licked the card. Oh. <laughs> All right. So what do we want to do? Where do we uh, want to put it, it, D? You already put it in D tier. I've clearly outvoted. Okay. No, you. I, I'm. I'm okay putting it in C tier, just because a four four dragon is still more relevant than anything on body and mind. Ah, yes. <laughs> I wanted to say ouch, but I, I was going to go. Oh, actually, you're right. Because <laughs> it's only a two two wolf, <laughs> and it doesn't have flying, and then the the milling is basically worthless. So. Yeah, it's. And then green and mind. blue. Green and blue is the protection on body and mind as well. So it's. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'll take I'll take C. I'll go with that. It's a passing grade. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. All right. Ship it. Do it. Okay. Last minute. Anybody before we uh up? Oh, he already committed it. Never mind. Oh, I, I guess. Yeah, we can look at it if you want to. Do we need to move anything around? Do you think? That's what I was getting at. I don't know. Let me pull it back up. Come on, S-tier, man. S tier, sword and fire, nice. Is anything to belong in the S tier with sword and fire, nice? 
Mm. Light and Shadow, Feast and Famine, Forge and Frontier. I don't know. What about Forge and Frontier for S tier? I mean, mm. is it better than um, the Light and Darkness? I don't. I don't think that it's better than Light and Darkness or, or Feast and Famine. Feast and Famine. What? What is it now? What card? Forge and Frontier. Forge and Frontier. I mean, I think. If you ask me the weakest card in that A tier, it's light and darkness. Well, yeah. Or light and, light and shadow. I'm sorry, yeah, light and shadow. Light and shadow. I concur. Uh, but and is, I'm, I'm not sure that it's weak enough to come out of A tier. No. Or but move I, the Forge and Frontier up. I think, I think this is good. Yeah. Okay. That's the only one I wanted to revisit because I yeah, think... I, Fire and Ice definitely deserves to be on its own. Okay. That's it's that fair. good. Is there actually an F tier that I just can't see? No. Okay. No. They don't want to be uh you know mean to things. Yeah. All Who's right. they? You get to decide what's on the, there. The makers of it. You don't there's not even a, an option you, for you it. You can change it. There it's, is totally it, an option to put oh, in whatever there? values you want over there. Okay, well, uh, I'm new to that. I'm the one that sets this up. You don't know what he's talking about. All right, uh I gotta take a quick break. Uh I'll be right back. Okay. Good night. Hey, we're back. So the next thing we have is we're going to rank the Praetors. We've done a list of all of the Praetors who have the creature type Praetor um, since Magic's inception, I guess. Right? Is that accurate? Yes. Okay, but we, well, the ones we're going to start with was the ones uh, that were released first in New Phyrexia. And we're going to go in Blueberg order for these. Yep, the OG Phyrexian Praetors. First one up, Elish Norn, Grand Cenobite. It cost two white and five generic mana. Legendary creature Praetor. It has vigilance. Other creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two. It is a four, seven. I mean, it's, it, I hate judging these Praetors because they're so expensive. It's like, yeah, I, yeah. They are the antithesis to the way that I play magic. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. You like it fast and cheap, and these are, uh, yeah. these are sideways to that. So the thing about Elish Norn is the commander community really hates this card. Because you of, want to know obviously. how much I care about what the command commander community likes and dislikes, right? Um, it, it it makes it so that you can't really play anything under a three three if it's you're against it, which yeah. is debilitating to say the least. It does cost seven mana though. All right, Grand Cenobite, where where are we putting this one? Uh, it's such a good card. the The static abilities on this one are. A uh, worst case scenario, serious ga- downgrade on the opponent's ability to do damage. Best case scenario, it wipes uh, yeah. the majority of their creatures. And it buffs all your creatures, man. It's a great card. Um, I would, starting off, I'd put I'd put her right up there in uh, S tier. S tier. Like, Come on, man. That... Yeah, it I, costs I agree. so much. Put her, put her in S tier until you can prove otherwise. Okay. Yeah, S tier. Right, let's do it. Have you let's had it. this card drop? And that's on what you? I mean. Like when I said earlier, like I hate judging the prey. All the praetors are expensive, except the one. 
Yeah, the but only. I mean, like, <laughs> it's just, and so, like, if we're just judging the Praetors and how good they are as a Praetor, like, you, can, you almost can't even look at their casting cost. I guess that's one way to look at it. All right, so you're right, you're right, because otherwise, if we do only casting costs, it's like everything's B or below, and then there's one that's S tier. Um, all right, there were maybe maybe two. Uh, well, one that's S tier and another one that's lower. Anyway, getting ahead of myself. So we'll put that in S tier for now, and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Gingitaxius Core Augur. It costs two blue and eight colorless. It has flash, or sorry, it's a legendary creature Praetor. It has flash. At the beginning of your end step, draw seven cards. Each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven. It's a five four. That's wild. It also costs ten mana. Um, it has flash though, so you can play it on your uh, opponent's turn. To make them discard their entire hand. Yep, right there. I mean, yeah, definitely a uh, control type card. Absolutely. I have played with this card here and there in like uh, brawls and stuff. It doesn't stay on the board very long. That uh, four uh, on its back end is definitely a, a downside. Downside. Yeah, spanked. Get spanked like it's, you did in Kamigawa. It's easily spanked, yes. So this is definitely not S-tier Praetor material, in my opinion. No. Because oh. the, the mana cost is too high, but in D-tier. Yeah. <laughs> like, you almost, like, D-tier? Come on, man. I'm going to say probably maybe C. I don't know. B-tier. Okay, we'll, we'll throw it in B. It's hard to really, uh, when I get everything out, well, I think when we get more on, on the board, we'll be able to like yeah, we'll better. Yeah, revisit. Re- revisit. I mean, here's, even though, again, it does cost a lot, even for prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, its effect is debilitating. It, it, <laughs> if it hits the board and sticks, it ends the game. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to almost cast it on your opponent's turn to get that ability because it rarely sticks around. In my experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, long enough for them to get to the end of their turn kind of thing. Yeah. All right. We'll stick it in B tier for now. Next one, Shieldred, Whispering One. Two black, five colorless, legendary creature Praetor. It has Swamp Walk. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. It is a 6-6. Six, six. Uh, starting off right off the bat, Swamp Walk is a bullshit ability, and I don't know why they keep putting it on things. <laughs> they don't anymore. They said they were going to stop putting walk abilities down. Good. It's dumb and stupid. And then I think Long they it. did it again like the very next set. But Well, yeah. when you get Island Walk and then you spreading season, then that's that's viable. Well, what was the other thing they did that with, too? Was it Shadow? They were like, we're not going to make any more Shadow creatures. Except that Modern Horizons shadow creature. Just don't, don't right, look right. at that. That one doesn't For, count. Forget we said anything. We didn't. We did not. We never said there weren't going to be any more shadow creatures. Mm. We're not going to do this anymore, except when we do. Superior Dave, is your phone by your microphone? Oh shoot! Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All Bruh. right. So where do we want to put Shieldred? The uh, whispering one. Okay. So Swamp Walk ability is trash. Mm-hmm. The return, the creature recursion from graveyard, 
Very relevant in black. Yes. And then Sack of Creature, sack also of creature. very relevant. And it costs seven. And it costs seven. And it's a 6-6, six, six, so it's got a better front and back than Jenka Taxi. Yeah. Uh, it's at least a B. It's at least on par with what Jen's got going on, in my opinion. I, I don't know that I agree with you. Look, I understand that Swamp Walk is a bad ability, but having it on there does not make the card worse. No. Um, so here's the body is better, but you know what I was saying about Jen's taxes. You cast too many sticks. The game's over. Yeah, this isn't necessarily that. That is not true with shoulder. You know, like you can still win a game if shoulder lands and sticks. Now shoulder lands and sticks, and then brings the Jenja taxes out of the graveyard. <laughs> well, then Jen's got to go up to eight. Because I don't think Shieldred C. I don't. I just. I just. You can't convince me of that. I need a waifu tier for Shieldred. Well, we can put them <laughs> in the same tier. The waifu tier. Good luck. Oh, look at that badonkadonk, man! Legs for days. How will you wouldn't just nestle up in there? All right. So tentative B. Uh, yeah. We're gonna revisit this in a few more cards, I think. All right. Next one, Urbrask the Hidden. It costs two red and three colorless legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. I think they've all been eroded to all of the ones from Scars has been Phyrexian Praetor now, right? That's correct, yes. All right. Creatures you control have haste. Creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. 4-4. Four, four. That's one because it's cheap. It's the, well, here, like, Urbrask, lore-wise, my favorite Praetor because he don't suck. Mm-hmm. But this card, I mean, uh, haste as a ability is only good for one turn, and then it's completely meaningless. Right. And creatures coming, uh, ETB tapped, also completely meaningless after the turn they come into play. Right, but if you're just, if you're in a red deck that's killing <laughs> creatures, that one don't matter right now, because it's so tapped, you, and I'm going to haste it. you haven't yeah. won a game... With the red aggro deck before you have five five mana, you should just <laughs> go home. So is this better in a deck that's not red aggro, like uh, green stompy or something? Oh, no. Two red pips. Yeah, it's not great in red aggro. It, it is great in big red, though, because given your, your big creature's haste, it's far more relevant than a bunch of little creatures with haste. And also... It's more relevant that your opponent's creatures come into play tapped because they can't block the turn they come in, so you can continue mm-hmm. to get in. Yeah, and force them off on their back foot, so they have to block with their ones that are untapped. Right, and they can't necessarily chump block because you got them in that rhythm. Um, okay, yeah, definitely better in big red. I don't know, man. Let's see, that's it's just such a not red ability. For your opponent's creatures to come and play tapped. Like, I understand that it works as a red ability, but it just doesn't even, it feels like. Yeah, it feels very. It should be on a different card. Yeah. Hmm. I see. All right. That said, it costs five, so it's S tier. (laughs) (laughs) Cheapest Praetor so far. Uh, So C or B? C or B? C. C. It's not B. It's not on par with. Yeah. Jen or Sheldred. It's not as debilitating. It's, I mean, you can play with it and do some stuff with it, but by itself, it requires other things to be debilitating. All right. Next one Vornclex. 
Voice of the Hunger, or Voice of Hunger, two green, six colorless. It's a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor of Trample. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, that land doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. It is a 7-6. That uh, first mana ability, is it really worth anything? Because you, this is a... In theory, you have eight, eight mana already? Yeah, you've, you've, in theory, you've already, you already have eight mana. What are you doing with, uh, with 16 mana that you couldn't do with eight mana? Banefire. <laughs> yeah. And um, mana dorks fuel Vorinclex and then get killed. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's not that relevant when you have eight. <laughs> there are cards that do the same thing for, like, way less. Yeah, its second ability is way better. Uh, yeah. Preventing them from untapping their land. Oh, yeah. Losers. You, like, seriously punish their, yeah. their board because they won't be able to play their, you know, whatever they tap. They don't have it next turn. It's just kind of costly. I mean, it's- a seven, six trample... That's that should be like base what base five nowadays five five total mana something like that. I mean, not with those be, abilities on it also. No, no, yeah. no. But then you add those abilities. Mm-hmm. Are they worth? I mean, it's like it's probably a good card in general. I I just don't. I think there are better options. I guess. I I think that second ability is very interesting. Also, very hard to keep track of. This yeah. is my stack of lands that I don't untap next turn. Sir, sir, can you just put that to the side? Put that yeah, to the side, please. Please. These are my lands that are going to untap next turn. That's what I, mean, I tap these this turn, and that yeah, like take two piles. Really makes the logistics of doing the board difficult for sure. All right, where does it go? Is it better than Urbrask's abilities for what you get for mana cost wise? That's the real question because it's definitely not Shieldred or Chinka Taxi levels of good, in my opinion, right? Yeah. I, I think it's better than Eurobrask. So at least C tier, if not B. But I don't think it but I don't think it's as good as what we have in the B tier. Yeah, I don't think so. I would I'd be comfortable with C. Look, I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. Move Shieldred and Jinka Taxi to A and then put Vorinclex in B. I think I'm I I always want to say put Gingitaxis in A and put Shouldered and Vorinclex in B. You think that Vorinclex's abilities are just as good as Shouldered's abilities? See, that's the problem with Tear Maker. No, sure. I don't. But I think that <laughs> I, I don't think that Shouldered is good enough to be in A, and I don't think Vorinclex is bad enough to be in C with Eurobrass. Right. Okay. All right, we'll we'll, we'll put we'll Jin and A that. and B, Shouldred and Vorinclex. We'll move uh-huh. that around a little bit for now. All right, next is another Vorinclex because it happened to come out next. <laughs> so we're going to do the new cycle of Praetors in the order of appearance since they didn't all come from the same set. So from Kaldheim, Vorinclex, Monstrous Raider. It costs two green and four generic, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor, Trample, and Haste. If you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. If an opponent would put one or more counters on the permanent or player, they put half as many on each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead, rounded down. 
that is six six. Having having some reading problems there, Ben. Hey, it's a lot of text, and it's basically saying the same thing, except so exactly. it's like double for you, half for them when you put a counter on this something. This is a correct me if I'm wrong. This is a downside that second ability when trying to give players poison counters, though, right? Because you get half. A poison counter routed down. So no, 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 no. No, you no, put no. the counters you on them. Counter on them, so you get double. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if they put them on you, it's half. It's halved. Correct. Okay. Good. Now I yeah. follow you. No, this is an F tier. Hands down. I it will only cost six. Do, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm good. Yeah, S tier. It's really good. Double counter. It doubles your planeswalkers' loyalties when you play them. Yes. Oh yeah, it does because you they don't. Well, do they start or do you put them on Are there? Put, yes, that is one hundred percent how it works. Oh, okay. You you play a planeswalker. You put that many loyalty counters on them, and because you're putting counters on something, you double the amount of counters you're putting on it. Okay. So I guess I just your, assumed they came with that many counters already on. Yeah, if Boraclex is on the field, a lot of your planeswalkers can off the turn they come in. Wow. Yeah. Seems pretty powerful. S-tier okay, with that in mind, we'll, we'll throw him in uh, S tier. That was the uh, that was the big John deck um, of standard. Was this and uh, Tibble making John mm. great again? Um, <laughs> all right, next Praetor. Ginger Taxius, Progress Tyrant. It costs two blue and five. It's also, as as all these are legendary creatures, Phyrexian Praetors, so I'm going to stop saying that. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability triggers only once each turn. It's a 5-5. Five, five. This is better than other Jinja Taxi, I think. I concur. It just is so, like, you get doubles of your first spell each turn, and they have to, the opponent has to cast two turns. Like, if they try to counterspell mm-hmm. your stuff, they got to have two counterspells in order to do that, or play a BS card first and then counterspell, like, at instant yep. speed. It's, it's, it's so hard to play around this card. It's a hell of a tempo. Uh, yeah. So, I, I don't um, know. Yeah, I agree. It's it's probably up in A tier with the other one. To be honest, I don't think yeah. it's quite S tier. Actually, I like. I'm not sure. It's uh, it's better than the other one. Like you guys are saying, I think it's like on par with it. Because I think, yeah, losing your whole hand and only being able to draw one per turn is really just so really in A tier. It's definitely not S tier. So I should yeah, do but I, right. I I think it's on par with. I think they're both A tiers. Okay. okay. Cool. I won't argue with it. All right, next one. Moving right along, Urbrask, Heretic, Praetor. It is two red and three colorless, the same. It has haste. The beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, the next time they would draw a card this turn, instead they exile the top card of their library. They may play it this turn. I don't like this card. So the the first ability is is as it seems. It's what you know it does. Oh, it's a four four also. Um, you know you get the like we were saying about the sword. It gives you that card. 
advantage. So you, you exile a card that you can play this turn, and then you also draw. Um, the second one, it seems like it basically does nothing because it just they instead of drawing the card, your opponent exiles the top card of their library. Oh, you would think that, but it's actually super relevant, especially right. in red. But if they don't play it, it's permanently exiled. So they need yep. to play that card that turn, or they lose it. Right. It's kind of like a. It's like Reds to Fairy, because if it's on the board long enough, it's going to prevent them from interacting with you on your turn. Yep. You can't hold on to the counter spell to use during my turn. You can't hold on to your bounces. You can't hold on to those, those spells that are going to f*** up my game plan of punching you in the face. Yeah, you either need to have a kill spell or in your hand already or top deck one to get rid of it. And then all the cards in between are just lost. Well, I mean, you can play them, but... They're not getting rid of it. <laughs> this anyway does a replacement effect on their draw, so it would also turn off Shieldred's ability to do it them does. damage. Yeah. Yes, new new Shieldred, yes. Yes, the Apocalypse. So, worth pointing out that you probably wouldn't run those two things in the same deck. You're working no. against each other. I, I, just, I just don't feel like this is... A, which, again... Urbrass, my favorite Praetor, but his cards are hot garbage. And it gets you one card deeper in red all the time. Yeah. I, I feel like in red, though, if I'm going to spend five for a creature, it's got to have a better body than that. Yeah, it's a 4-4 four, four body. Or some evasion. I have, like, flying or something. Right. This, this, I can't. This, can't this, dice to, this dice to lava coil. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I guess I mean I wanna I wanna give it the benefit of the doubt with B, but the other cards do the the card advantage better, and since it doesn't have such a high like a big body, uh, how how many turns are you gonna get this ability? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't play with it, so that tells you a lot. <laughs> I guess. I don't think anybody plays with this card. I've never seen right. it played. It's just not good. It's it has to. Like C or D, I, it might even be worse than the other Urbrask. Mm, yeah. Why do you think, uh, oh, Superior Dave? I, I am debating. I, 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 yeah, put him in that D tier. Okay, we'll stick him in D for now and move on. The house, the truck, the one and only Shieldred the Apocalypse. The, uh, the absurdest of all bodies. Yes. Look at all them legs. It's more visible this time around. Uh, two black, two colorless. Uh, it has death touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. It's a four five. This is probably the most famous Praetor. I don't know. It's... It doesn't have an ETB. <laughs> e tier. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. This one's S tier, right? I mean, there's no debating. Yes, this card is like, you have to deal with it. The turn it comes into play or you start falling behind so quickly. Yeah. Your deck has to have an answer for it or else it ain't viable in standard. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's up there. It, yeah. I what, just because the card is good in standard if it belongs in the S tier? I mean, it's also used I mean, in other formats, so... Like, well, I've seen it. It has the vintage le legacy play too. It's crazy, and it is in pioneer as well. Not too much in modern. All right, 
Move along. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with Sheldon being up top. Moving along. Next one. This is not. This new one's not really in the whole cycle. It's just kind of an off tier no. because the Brothers War set went back in time and featured Gix Yogmoth Praetor. It's a two black, one generic. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, its controller may pay one life. If they do, they draw a card. One life. Three. <laughs> if you pay three black mana and four colorless, uh, you can discard X cards. Or discard X cards, exile the top X cards of target opponent's library. You may play lands and cast spells from among the cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. It's a 3 3. This is a weird card. I feel like this is most assuredly a commander plan. I don't, it's like relevant in commander. Yeah. I can't think of anything that you like, you know, you have you guys seen this card being played in any of the the formats on Arena or elsewhere? I haven't really. I saw it played in Brawl. Yeah, that's that's a commander format. Right. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever seen it played. Yeah. I I just it's it's a weird card. Yeah, so it's worded the way it is obviously to include commander, so any Mm-hmm. Uh, other opponent gets this ability mm-hmm. when they don't target you. Um, yeah, but the ability is is a pretty good ability. Mm-hmm. You pay a life, you get a card if you hit. If one yep. of your creatures hit, and then the I I don't know that I've ever actually paid the for the other ability, the discard ability. Um, but you can steal their stuff. Hmm. And you can play their lands too, which is crazy. Usually they say non land. Mm hmm. I don't, it's just, I, I, I have trouble even putting this on it because it's just so not the for, for the format these other ones are for. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not really a comparison. Yeah, it's weird. Ugh. I think it's low casting cost and its ability to draw cards alone, not even the, the discard ability. I, I think that it makes it A tier. What? Yep. Dude. I think you, come on. This Listen, dies, you pay one di- life, draw a card. But this dice to strangle. It's, it's not, but it's not pay a life, draw a card. It's I know you combat have to- damage to a player, pay a life, draw a card. Yes. He's gonna come at me with this d- dice to strangle card and tell me it's S tier. Come on. How, how many how many times do you think that you're gonna get to the point where you cast a uh Vornklex and actually do its ability versus doing a Gix ability? We saw Vornklex get played all the time in that standard. The scars one is a staple of that standard. Well, yeah, the the Kaldheim one's better. I, I was more this B tier. I mean, if you want to put it in A tier or B tier, I, I mean, whatever. But I, I think it's a good card yeah. just because of its I, low cost. I am cost. okay putting it in B tier only because it's better than the Eurocrats because they're bad. But that does you, not mean this is a good card. Yeah, come on, You man. think Gix is a bad card? I it, do. It's It's just weird it's not look it's in standard point one point me to one standard deck that's using it if it's such a the, good card the mono black deck 
I'm it's not, not using it. Last I looked, you're smoking crack. I've never seen this in the mono black deck. I I literally have played against it a lot. So B tier. Yeah, I'm okay with it in B tier because it's it has a use at a reasonable cost, uh, and again, it is better than Eurobrass. Uh, <laughs> like, but that's about it. That is all I'm willing to give it. I want to put it in C, but I won't argue. Like I said, if this costs seven mana with its ability, well, I would not. It would be a bad yeah, card. And if every it's, card, it's costs, a bad card at three. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like suck more. You know, Come on. I guess. I mean, you put it in a mono black deck. You control the board. Your creatures are going to make it through. And if you get more, you can pay one more life and get two cards. If you get two creatures hit them, you pay two life, get two cards. I, I This is, do, sounds good to me. Do you understand the meaning of win more? Because if you're controlling the board and getting it for damage, like what's it matter that you're drawing cards for one you life? You have more ways to control the board. You redraw your go for the throats or whatever, you know? I mean, you're not wrong. You say that, but also there's just better ways to do that. Well, is this okay? So the question, I I do not think it is an A tier card when you compare it with everything in standard right now. But when you compare it with the Praetors themselves, it's still not an A tier card. It, it I won't it's go not. with B. I will fight to the death for that. Okay, it, we'll keep it in B. That's fine. All right. Now the new card. The one, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. It's one white and four colorless. It has Vigilant. Everyone's favorite card. With a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control to trigger. It's a 4-7. I heard Commander players were super stoked about this Elisborn, too. <laughs> yeah, they are not happy. Like, they, they, they didn't like the, they, you know, liked this Elisborn as much as they didn't like the last one, right? Right. Yeah, people were upset. The old uh, Pan Mama Con. Um, Remember how they said uh, Shildred doesn't have an ETB trigger? It's bad. Well, this one prevents all ETB triggers of your opponents, so... <laughs> so it must be good. It seems good to me. I mean, your your yeah. things triggered twice. Dude, this is S tier. I, I don't even know why uh, we're still debating. I thought we were uh <laughs> we were making a joke. Yeah, can you imagine like evoking an uh elemental like uh grief or something and in, in I know it's cost five, so it's hard to get to in modern. I don't know if this was the modern play, but you discard. They could discard a card for it entering the battlefield, and then you evoked it, so it goes away. But you know, you still get a second card too. Um, anything you like, any of the evoke elementals trigger twice. That's crazy, and that's just modern, um, where and, this probably won't just, be played. Just <laughs> so. imagine if Gix was on the board with this every time it did damage to someone. You could draw a card. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, this card makes Gix playable. It's it's uh. Definitely S tier. All right, S tier for Mother of Machines. All right, so now the next the next we go to are a couple of 
praetors that aren't really Phyrexian praetors. Uh, they would just have the pra- praetor creature types, so I thought it'd be fun to rank those two. Um, from Guild Pact, we have a Sanguine Praetor. It's two black, six colorless. It's a creature avatar, so it says Praetor, but it's not a Praetor. <laughs> uh, play one black, sacrifice a creature, destroy each creature with the same converted mana cost as the sacrificed creature. It is a 7-5. It was Oracle texted to have the creature type Praetor. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. You know, because... You always have to look. This was a house in limited. I remember that. Oh yeah, man. Uh, pay one black, sacrifice creature, destroy target creature, and same converted mana cost. Each creature. Destroy each creature. Oh, each. I skipped a word. Yeah, that's. Uh, it does cost seven. It does, but no, it costs eight. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Eight. yeah, my bad. I can't count either. I skipped. A, I skipped a pip. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's not uh, it's not terrible, but it's not great. Is is uh, oh Urbresk there in C tier gonna get a buddy? I I think probably. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't, I actually <laughs> think it's D tier. You think it's yeah. E tier? Yeah, I think it's D tier. Oh, I don't, I don't think it's. It's a seven five body too. That's not irrelevant. Well, so the formats you can play this card in today's world are basically <laughs> modern and vintage and legacy. You're never playing this card. Okay, D-tier. that's <laughs> hey, hey, you can play it in Commander too. That's true. Well, you can I mean, even even the other expensive Praetors at least have value in recursion or or revives. Like this is you're you're gonna bring this out of your graveyard and do what with it? Um. Yeah. <laughs> And cheat it on the battlefield and then just sort of wipe things. Look, you're going to sacrifice it and take out a handful of other praetors. This is <laughs> I mean that's that is not inaccurate. <laughs> this is an all-star card in the Praetor Royale format. Fair enough. So D tier. Uh last one. It's from Fallen Empires. This it is, is the Praetor. By the way. Yeah, I love this art. Eben Praetor, two black, four colorless creature, Praetor Avatar, first strike and trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a minus two, minus two counter on Eben Praetor. If you sacrifice a creature, you can remove that uh, a two, two counter from Eben Praetor. If the sacrifice creature was a thrall, put a one, one, plus one, plus one, or bleh, a plus one, plus oh counter on Eben Praetor. Play this ability only during your upkeep and only once each turn. So is this the only card that has a minus two, minus two counter? Is this... I've I never seen so, a minus yes. two, minus two counter. Dude, we're going to proliferate that. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't know what you're talking about. I just <laughs> like the Easter Bunny. That's, yeah. I'm here for the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny and a demon uh, bringing up to a... Bringing up a... What is that? A merfolk or something? I don't know. Without yeah. With legs. Fish person. With, to, up to a uh, one of those old crow doctors... Sitting on a pulpit, I, it's wild. Yeah. That is a wild art. It is uh, the, the the art sick as f- man. <sighs> I like be a rabbit over here. Yeah, um, I think it's D tier just because, like, what what the patrol? <laughs> I I don't. Those haven't been a thing <laughs> since Fallen Empires, or right around there. Um, yeah. Wasn't there I mean, first strike and trample? Though. First strike For six? trample. Yeah. Hey, look, 
if you play this with uh, Mother and the Machines out, you get two negative two. Oh, yeah. I'd just like uh, someone to scryfall real quick and tell me exactly how many creatures, how many black creatures have both first strike and trample. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Probably not a lot. I will check it. It's definitely one of those weird rule things, like from where they where they did a thing and then they're like, actually, we're never going to do that again. Yeah, I honestly think he might be the only black creature with both first strike and trample. This is also a creature that shows that it was made in the early days of magic because you got negative two, negative two counters. You have a plus one, plus O counter, so it's right. it's feasibly possible for you to have. A minus two, minus two counter, but also a plus one, plus O counter. It's like yeah. so bizarre because nowadays, as hell. well, because nowadays, if you have a plus one, plus one counter and you get a negative one, it just removes the plus one, plus one counter, right? Mm-hmm. But here, it's like telling you you need to have both types of counters for this thing to actually work. So I don't even know how this would play in today's world. Yeah, weird. Uh, to answer your question, as far as black border is concerned, there are. Two, uh, maybe three. There's and what's uh, the other one? Two that are definitely that the Evan Prater and then Spirit of the Night come with uh, first strike when attacking is uh, Spirit of the Night. So it's not. Do they has trample as well? Yeah, well, Spirit of the Night is a six black, 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 six, five creature legend. Legendary creature, flying, trample, protection from black. First strike when attacking, okay. and it has haste. Oh, it's like okay. the word. It's like the yeah. word salad of things. Yeah, yeah. the one Very that dumped everything on. And then first there, strike when attacking. And then there's a changeling that could have first strike depending on what other creatures you have in play. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. And then another one that is situational, uh, depending on if a creature card with flying was exiled, blah, blah, blah. So uh, D tier. It's, it's the only one with true first strike and trample, though, right? Yes. And the other one is first strike when attacking? Yes. Yeah. In Black Border, there's uh, Infernal Spawn of Infernal Spawn of Evil, and then. In Furnace, Spawnington, the third Esquire that both have first strike and uh, trample. That are silver? Yeah, silver border. Okay. So still D tier, though, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Does All the right. art make I'm it? I'm going to say C tier just because of the art. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I agree. I agree. C tier art, art wins. It's actually better than. The other Urbrask, okay. But like, yeah. I don't want to like crap again on my boy Urbrask, but his both his arts are really meh too. Yeah, actually, he looks like a sliver. It's, it's hey, he looks like a red Phyrexian. Yeah, that's exactly what I would expect a red Phyrexian freighter to look like. I, yeah, any red Phyrexian, like I don't know, man. It's just uninspired, I think. But what do I know? Okay. What do you think about our tier list? In S tier, we have Shouldred, the Apocalypse, um, both Elish Norns, and Vornklex, Monstrous Raider from Kaldheim. Mm. Those still seem like S tiers to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. In A tier, we have both Ginja Taxias. Yes. Sure. B tier, we have whoa, the other. Whoa, hold on. Let's go back. 
door does not sound like an affirmative response here. Uh, I just, I, the original Praetor from uh, uh, the Jenka Taxi. Yeah, the wheel of your hand guy. Yeah. I just, I don't like him as much as you guys do. And I would say put him in B, but then I would have to convince you guys to move Gix down because Gix is so much worse than. Well, it's not, it's not, we're not ranking them in order. We're just saying what tier they fall in. And to be clear, we're not saying that Jinjitaxis is an A rank card in general. We're saying he's an A rank Praetor. Compared to these other Praetors, he is an A rank. I just, I don't know, man. I feel. Okay, I'm. I'll sign off on A tier. Okay, I'm not happy about it, but I'm tired of arguing. <laughs> I'll argue all night. Let's keep going. I, that's what I'm worried about. To be <laughs> honest. <laughs> all right, he does cost ten, but yeah. All right, in B tier we have Shouldered the Whispering One, Vornclex Voice of Hunger, and Gix Yogmoth Praetor. Okay. Shouldered whispering one. How we feel uh-huh. about her in B tier right now? Pull her up. I don't remember what she does. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. It's a six six four seven two black five. And swamp block. And swamp block. Sorry, <laughs> irrelevant. No, I I honestly think she's an A. I mean, That's what I was. I think like now that we're looking at the list and we see where all the praetors are. I can't. She can't be in the same tier as Gix. Yeah, no. she and gives you a two other, card, two card advantage, man. Just like move Gix to C. Problem solved. I think she's better than B. It's they're sacking a creature, and you're getting any creature back. You could have dumped a creature in the graveyard and got a high mana creature, and still be, have time, or, you know, mana to play spells. Yeah, I'll move her to A, but also move Gix to C. I, I don't disagree with that. Is he really that bad? We'll revisit Gix. I don't. So again, he's better than Eurobrask, but I think he's fine there compared to other freighters. Actually, I think if this was a tier list of where that that card belongs in the world of all of the cards, yeah. But and compared to other freighters, I guess. I don't know. B still feels too high to me. I'm telling you, man, he's a three, three for three. Like, so I will say, I will say that uh, I have never played the ability where you pay three black and four because I never get to that much. No one has ever played that ability. Uh, In the history of magic, that ability has (laughs) never been used. And, and, this is the only thing that's actually disruptive to your opponent where every other traitor on this list has something that's disruptive to their opponent. Mm-hmm. And then this, this, this ability is kind of useless. I might be okay with C just because Good. as a oh, traitor, yeah. because it Get doesn't, because it doesn't um, debilitate the other opponent in a meaningful way. It belongs with Urbrask. That also doesn't really. <laughs> that second ability there might as well be Swamp Rock. <laughs> I don't know. Swamp Rock might be more useful. I mean, <laughs> even Urabrask, the other C tier person, um, 
makes their con- creatures enter the battlefield tapped so they can't block, it's still not very debilitating to the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how we feel about C tier? I think this looks fine. Yeah. Yep. Are you printing shipping it? Yeah, let's let's print it. Let's uh, lock in our answers. All right, cool. All right, that's it. We did it. We ranked all the Praetors. Congratulations to Shieldred, the Apocalypse, for still being the best Praetor. Hold up. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> why, why are you going to sneak that one in there at the end there, buddy? Uh, both Elish Norns are better than the Apocalypse. Like, all right, come on. I will, I will concede that Mother of Machines is better than the Apocalypse. Oh, I both Elish Norns are better. Both are better. I actually think there might even be an argument to be made that Vorniclex is better. Mm. But uh, I, I think the problem is that Vorniclex is not better in a vacuum. But I think in a deck that takes advantage of Vorniclex is better than a deck that takes advantage of Shulgrid. All right. So let's let's evaluate Cenobite, Grand Cenobite version. You're, you're in white. Uh, you can possibly ramp to get this on turn five, and then hopefully you're not dead, uh, you know, or close to it. Well, I mean, if you play this in a white weenie, like all your white weenie creatures will be three threes now or whatever, which is great. And anything that could kill, you you know, that they could block is probably low enough that it's not going to kill your three threes. See what I mean? Yes. So, the seven is what keeps this, to me, not being the best Praetor. Like, you're pretty much always going to make it to turn four in a in a way that makes Shieldred hit, right? You, even So, you say you don't have ramp and you, get, you lay Elish Norn on turn seven. If they already have a better board state than you, the, like... Anything, yes, their two two twos or below will all die, but anything other than that is just going to be there. They might die, they might not. You know, they still attack. I just don't think it's as debilitating as Shielded in general. Although it does have essentially an uh, ETB. Because um, on hit, it kills creatures, right? Whereas Shielded doesn't. Right. Is Vigilance um, better than Death Touch in these situations? <laughs> Like, is death... I know, yes, technically, death touch is relevant on uh, Shieldred in a vacuum, but, like, it's a huge creature with a 4-5. Like, yeah. What are you What are you not killing with, like, big green creatures? And then you're, um, you're trading at that point. Yeah, if they have to block multiple things, like... Yeah. They like, all die. I'm just saying that it's death touch on children yeah. isn't as relevant as it would be on a creature that wasn't as large. Right. A one, one death touch is relevant because it can punch well above its weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, a thing that you also have to, to consider, I think with uh grand Cenobite here is that it's giving everybody negative two, negative two. So a six six creature will be blocked and killed. Yes, by Elish Norn. Yes. So you've got you know you're punching real good uh, right there, crossed. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically a four-point swing in every combat situation. Yes. Because your creatures are getting plus two, plus two, and theirs are getting minus two, minus two. It's kind Except of Alice Norn, but yeah. She's definitely a house. Like, I, I don't think she's bad at all. Uh, I just... Mm. It, 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 Children puts a clock on things that I'm not sure Alice Norn really does. I mean, you are right in that, like, but I think if you've got creatures, how is this not a clock? Like, obviously, right. like, oh, any creatures a clock if they don't have any creatures. I know, but it's like speeds the I can clock play up, a, man. I can play a, I can play a, like a three three. It's a one one now, and I just block every turn. And I know that that's like not going to happen forever, but at least they're not losing losing life. It gets. I mean, Chandra doesn't make it so that you can't play creatures with two toughness or less. That's true, and you can still swarm. So yeah, maybe maybe it is better because it affects <sighs> the board in a way that shoulder does not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I I mean maybe maybe the fact that it kills everything two two or below makes up for the fact that you're not playing it until later in the game. You know, six or seven turn. What's the? Uh, there's another white creature that has this, but it's plus one, plus one, minus one, minus one. Right? Is it Krovac Ascendant? Is that right? I don't know. Uh, let me look it up. Yeah, Ascendant Hero. That's correct. Other white creatures. It's just white creatures. Oh. And the non-white creatures get minus one, minus one. Cost six. Krovac Ascendant okay, Hero. But it was your opponent's creatures, but non. Non-white creatures is not quite as exciting because if your opponent mm-hmm. isn't white, it has no effect. Yeah, so I was thinking if you could stack like two or three of those. There's a black creature that gives all your. It's all creatures minus one minus one. But if you use him, you know, oh, all your opponent's creatures get minus three minus three. Mm-hmm. That make things kind of yeah. That make things kind of rough. All right. So which is better, pestilence old, out there, old Elish Norn or new Elish Norn? Oh, new Elish Norn's better. Yeah, I agree. With how that, much ETB triggers there are now? Yeah, new new Elish Norn is nuts. All about them ETBs, baby. Yeah, this oh, could swing the game. Vigilance for five and yeah, that's the part that double. excites me. Double ETBs and no ETBs for your, but yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah, it's only five, four, seven vigilance. Yeah, it's and and the shutting off the ETB. I mean, yeah, the two ETB is good, but I like the shutting off the ETB very is is very exciting for me. I mean, Alice Norn and Shouldred are the only two in here that belong in waifu tier. Just <laughs> something to keep in mind. That's true. All right. Well, we don't. The scope of this is not to rank them, but what do you what do you say? What do you say? New Elish Norn, and then Shieldred or Old Elish Norn? Which one? It's Mom first. New Elish Norn, Old Elish Norn, Shieldred, Warnerflex. Yep. Okay. I guess. And I I also would make the argument. Voraplex is better than Shouldered in the right build. Yeah, because it does. It does make your. You mentioned it does make your planeswalkers alt. 
very easily. Yeah, I, I mean, even not just that. I mean, think about like proliferate, mm-hmm. poison powder. In this new set, Whew. hey, maybe I'll make a pretty nasty pioneer toxic deck. Yeah, that'd be sick, actually. Are Are you gonna call it Britney Spears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you gonna sing Toxic every time you play it? Yeah, but the taste of your lips. I'm on a ride. Wow, I you know more of those lyrics than I. The only actually, thing I know is Toxic. Listen, I used to do a metal cover of that song, so <laughs> I do know the words. I, uh, I was the singer. So. That's amazing. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I. All right, can we make that our new intro song? <laughs> Your metal cover of Toxic. Yeah, I honestly, I, we have to play that during a stream yeah. now, right? Like yeah. that has to happen. Yeah, you have a recording of it, right? I don't. I don't know that I do. You? How could you're you? You're a liar. You just don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's uh, it. I, like it has to happen. Maybe it's not. We'll this isn't. A, no, it's not. A maybe we'll uh, we'll uh, add Yuma. it to the rewards when we do. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm not saying it has to happen like next show, but marathon stream we, rewards. How about that? We we get uh, like you know a thousand followers. We hit some kind of landmark. Uh huh. Optic. <laughs> uh, yes. Maybe I we can put that together. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's. All right, let's wrap this show up. I got to go to bed. I'm getting sleepy. It's past my bedtime. Okay. Where where can they find us? Oh, that's my question. Uh, they can find us on Twitter at MPG Pod. They can find me on my personal Twitter at Be Nice MPG. Where can they find you, Moderator Dave? They can find me on Twitter at what is it? Uh, Dave moderator. underscore MPG. Yeah, I thought it was Moderator Dave. That's my. Oh, it, that's, that's your, okay. not my app. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. you can also go to magicprovingdowns.com to find old episodes of the podcast or your favorite podcast places. And then, uh, if you're not listening on Twitch or watching on Twitch, you can come to our Twitch channel, Magic Proving Grounds. Yep, and feel free to send us an email, Commander Players. Yeah, yeah, just shoot us an email and we'll we'll forward them over to other Dave. Yeah. Show at magicprovingdowns.com. It'll take a while to respond because they'll have to print it out and send it in an actual envelope, but... Yeah, we'll get you. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you later. Yep. Peace.